I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Just do it. Do it live. You know what I think? I uh, Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Uh, this this is actually kind of a fitting way to sort of transition into the episode. I but really want to keep this pen, so I'm going to take that away from you. Yeah, and I'm not going to lose it. Here, just, I just want to play with something. Not Fine. this. I'll play with my nipples. There you go. Um, uh, the last time we recorded with you, I remember... Who's you? Actually, uh, uh, you brought in uh, a bottle of Aquafina, and you chugged the fuck out of it. And you were talking about how you drank like... I don't know what, like 10 bottles of these a day or something. Like that's you, you just hydrate like a motherfucker. Yeah. I have been so dehydrated <sighs> for the, like the last month. Yeah, dude, because you don't drink any you need water. This. So, this he, you so need. <laughs> here's, here's a really interesting thing. I, I, and we, you know, you know, like when you get dehydrated, you don't know you're dehydrated. Like you, you can get to a point where your body, I do. I'm very sensitive to it. No, mm-hmm. I know. But you could, you understand how you could get to a point where, you your body goes into like its new normal, and so it, it just goes yeah like I'm not I'm not registering that yeah. I'm in pain or I'm not registering yeah. that like yeah, it's like my dad walks around with fucking chronic back pain yeah. because he's just used that he's just like this oh, is my life. That's now. how I feel like when I take way too many mushrooms. Yeah. I'm just like this is it. This now. is it forever. Yeah. So same thing with the water. Yeah. I've been I was like super dehydrated, and then we went to this we went to this music festival in like the middle of fucking. But fuck nowhere in the in the woods, and I wasn't like feeling great. And I was like, nah, I'm just gonna like drink drink a bunch of water while I'm here. But then you know, as you do at a festival in the middle of the woods, did some drugs, drugs that make you want to drink a lot of water. But and so I was don't. like, oh man, I'm drinking a lot of water. The next day I woke up, and generally when you do uh, drugs. The next day, you feel a little down. You feel a little low. You feel like you've depleted yourself. I woke up the on next the drugs. I guess the de- dust de- does depend on the drug. This drug in particular, for sure, most of the time, that's how you feel. I woke up the next day and I was like, I feel fucking amazing. I feel so good. My skin feels great. <laughs> I'm I'm energized. It's because I. It's because I literally like just butt chugged twenty five gallons of water, <laughs> and Dude, each of them I had a it. microdose of that dr- yeah. of that drug in it. You know, so he woke uh, up in the he woke up in the morning going still high. Oh my god, yeah. I feel amazing. You know what drug uh, doesn't make you feel like shit in the morning, <laughs> Brian? Why were you talking to me from a tin? It's can? really great yeah. to jo- for for you to join us from the road, Brian. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for so Thanks, far away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what drug doesn't make you feel um, uh, shitty in the morning? Uh, what drug is that? It's when you get high on life. Dude, you wake up yeah. in the morning yeah. and you're usually still still high. Yeah, you, you know what? You can catch out. Brian down at the wave on the waterfront every <laughs> Wednesday morning. 6 a.m. workouts, buddy. Get high on life. Six every thir- Wednesday. 6.30. 6 a.m. if you're a <laughs> fucking champion. <laughs> 
I'm there at six, but uh, but yeah, the workout yeah. starts at six thirty. It's it's thirty minutes long. Yeah, I need to get high great. on Christ. I think that's I'm missing a bit of Christ in my life. You know um, what? Most people are. Um, but anyway, so I made the realization that uh, after drinking all that water, um, I now feel amazing. I feel yeah. great, and I've been drinking my water. Dude, water. Dude. Who knew, man? Water? I know, I know. I don't remember that about Adrian. Were you drinking Aquafina last time you came? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, that, it was I, the I same never, bottle. I never. Yeah, it's the, I've been carrying this for years. That's yeah, good. Last three years. That's good for the environment. The BPAs have just been seeping into your blood, <laughs> yeah, into your blood yeah. cells. Everybody wants these like metal cans <laughs> that they drink out of now. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy. Who the fuck are you? This <laughs> fucking stupid metal can. Do you remember when we yeah. drew dicks on your on that water bottle? <laughs> <laughs> we took this water bottle to a live show in Calgary. And uh, for the listeners who can't see it, it's just a pure white bottle. And uh, we had a Sharpie. And, like, I don't know how it happened, but after the show, we were getting liquored up. And, and I was like, yeah, like, sign my bottle, people. And just co- it, it just got covered in cocks. <laughs> like, the whole thing was just dicks and cum. Dude, you know what? And I had to, like, take it. I was like, I can't not. I, this is my bottle. Like, I yeah. need to keep this. Keep that with you. Going through the airport security with like just dicks drawn everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, tried so hard to get it off. Stayed on there for months. Dude, they, they I looked drunk. at you. They looked at you and they were like, "Yeah, that fits the stereotype." <laughs> Dude, I've been I've been drunk many times. I've been very drunk many times. But there's just this tinge, this like white trash tinge to being liquored up. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, you said, that's my sackful seep, seeping out of me. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Y'all, me God. and the boys just get licked up. Oh, oh, Jesus oh. Christ. That makes me feel so weird. Yeah, like, we, I've we, been yeah. liquored up before. We lost like 10% of our listeners Great. In that, after that statement. Well, Adrian, why don't we talk about uh, what the fuck's been going on in your life? Because you were on the show before. And uh, do you remember the title of your episode? Yeah, it was like a kid that shits 10 times a day or something like that. I, I, probably. That yeah. sounds kind of like it. <laughs> I, Jeremy I, asked the question without knowing. That I had no idea. There, I was talking about this the other day. That we've done 200 episodes and it's like, yeah, I, it's so hard for me to remember some of the people. What's that? What's that number? Uh, it's like it's like Duncan's number or something like that, where it's like the amount of people you can remember in your head. I don't remember the name of the of the guy that they did. That's clearly well, yeah, he's, he's, not not, of, he's not within that number. He's not within that number. But anyway, what is the number? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's like well, I, I don't. I think the science is kind of iffy, but so, they yeah, basically you know. say around like 150. You can have like 150, 200, 200 personal close relationships that you can remember, yeah. and then for every yeah. new person you meet, someone gets someone shoved gets off the back off. of the list. Yeah. You're like. Every time I, I sneeze, I tell the people, I'm like, yeah, is, there goes my first bike ride. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that. The science is kind of just as iffy as climate science. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very, yeah, that's right. And uh, anyway, so. Uh, jury's, wow. still, jury's, still, <laughs> jury's still out. So anyway, uh, your episode was about, uh, clearly, you shit yourself a bunch. Um, but the the reason for that was because we were talking about how you had now correct me if I'm wrong because there's there's two of them and they're super similar and people get them all mixed up all the time. <laughs> but I think when we had you on, we were talking about Crohn's. Yeah, yeah. Now that was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you still have Crohn's? I don't have Crohn's. You As of like really fucking recently, fucking liar. Yeah, I don't have Crohn's. Super, super recent though. So wait, so <laughs> we, you know, what's, you know what's funny? Just before we get into it, we uh, so like we're we're only like five episodes maybe into two hundred, and we did that two hundredth episode recap. Yeah, and so we sent a message out to like <laughs> our first two hundred guests, and we were like, hey, like if you have any updates, let us know. And it's surprising how many people wrote us back and were like, hey, that thing that I came on the podcast to tell you about, I actually I don't, don't have, have it. That oh, anymore. get out of here. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah, so, it's awesome. Yeah. 
in my case, it was a misdiagnosis. It wasn't that I don't have it. It right. was the wrong thing that they told uh, me that I had. So. Yes. Is it equally as bad or is it? It's like a different more, shade of color in the rainbow, dude. Right. Like as far as the, yeah. So, so what So what? Uh, what do you have? What are we going to talk about today? Uh, I have ulcerative colitis. See, that's the one that I always confuse Crohn's mm-hmm. with. Now, wow. is Crohn's the, the one where it's uh, just the lower part of your, like your, GI your, tract? your, your GI tract? Yeah. And then colitis is like the... Uh, it always makes me think about how we're human donuts. It's just like from, from the top <laughs> hole to the bottom right. hole. Because we are all yeah, just yeah, yeah. walking donuts. Yeah. Is this cr- was a subject that you brought up on the podcast. Isn't cr- <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. The donut was, was the was Is Crohn's, is Crohn's <laughs> a, like a more whole problem thing where colitis is more concerned with the colon? Crohn's is usually more prolific. It's yeah, the vice swap, versa. Swap swapped. It. Yeah. yeah. So swap colon, it around. Crohn's is very, it, it's, uh, it really attacks and can be more debilitating. Uh, ulcerative colitis is, uh, you know, IBD, ulcerative colitis, those things go hand in hand. You can, you can have inflammation, you can have issues throughout the entirety of your GI tract. So it can affect you anywhere from your stomach to your esophagus all the way straight through. Mm-hmm. So there are tons and tons of different ways that um, ulcerative colitis can affect you. So how did you get, how did you, how did you come about thinking, well, for going from your Crohn's to getting the, the news, like what led you down that path to realize that you were misdiagnosed? Well, the story really doesn't even start with being misdiagnosed. That was like the most recent thing that happened, but it really what happened was, is, and this was the tail end of our podcast, I started talking about my liver disease that I have. Mm. Uh, so when I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with a primary sclerosing cholangitis, which is a, a degenerative liver, liver disease, but it's an inflammatory condition that you're, it's an autoimmune disease. And so last year, May. Uh, I traveled up to Toronto uh, with friends of mine, went up there for a trip, uh, and I got super sick, like overnight sick, 48 hours of me just becoming a healthy person to boom, into jaundice conditions slash, you know, you name it. There's a lot of other shit going on. Like like uh, pukey sick or no, like... No, no, no. It was full on like... Like head cold fever type thing or... Well, fever and chills that were onset by what was happening with my liver. So my body was unable to filter toxins and things like that because my ability uh, to digest things, my ability for my liver to filter toxins in my blood was slowing down super, like got cut off like tons. Guys, so, I think we fucked this up. Sorry to, sorry, but just to take us a quick step back. Cause yeah. I just want to make sure that, uh, I know what I'm talking about so that I don't come off as a total fucking douchebag. Um, the differences between ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. I thought it was the other way around. The differences between ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease are ulcerative colitis is limited to the colon while Crohn's can occur anywhere between the mouth and the anus. That's what I said. That's, That's what, what you, you said. said. And I was like, no, it's reversed. You were right. Huh. Nice. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, but I'm also but a you're wrong. Myth as well. Yeah, yeah you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so my my understanding from the way that it was described to me was that it was the way that I that I described it as. Right. You were so where you're thinking ulcerative colitis is like from is the donut. Right. From like the top of the donut right, right, to the bottom right. of the donut. Well, and your doctor's like Oh fuck! Did I say ulcerative well, colitis? I meant Crohn's. Wait, no. did you? Did you? Did I already? Yeah, exactly. did, I already <laughs> did I already tell you that you had Crohn's? Did the, you already know that? The, the, <laughs> the doctors are just as confused as me. No, no. See, so bat- we just re-diagnosed you with Crohn's. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. We don't need to record anymore. Uh, I think the 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 background of all of this is that the that portion of my illness is the least of my concerns. Right. So. Mm. 
maybe my you know my understanding of it now is because that is the least of my concerns. Yeah, right. So the liver disease that I face and what's happening now is the top of my you know as far as my sickness totem uh, totem pole goes. You right. know, it's at the it's top. At the top. Right. Um, so when I got sick in Montreal, when I got sick in Toronto, rather uh, when things turned around for me, you know, I kind of I had gotten sick when I was younger. That's how I got diagnosed with the disease in the first place. Uh, I got home and I got myself into the doctor as quickly as, a po- as possible. And it really took no time. Like one week I was in to see my specialist, which is super unheard of, but, uh, I got diagnosed with celiac disease. So I have been, and was a celiac, uh, or, or I had been suffering from celiac disease apparently for like years since right. 2010. Or so when 2000. you, when you came on the podcast last, you didn't know that. No. Right. I had so no now idea. you do. I do now. And, yeah. were you, and like, did you ever sort of just naturally stay away from some shit because you just knew that it didn't really agree Fuck with no. you? So Absolutely you were just like... Just, Cereal, garlic fingers. Like you're dude. the guy at, like, at fucking Eastside Mario's. Sounds like just me like, right now. Bring on the next free loaf Pasta, of bread. Pasta, you name it. But the thing was is that I didn't suffer. I was asymptomatic for celiac disease. So people can still have some of the, some of the, the problems with celiac disease uh, but not have like, you know, the crapping your pants version of it. Right. So, you know, I live right. very comfortably. Like when we talked last, I was super comfortable. Uh, I didn't like lifestyle wise, didn't think there was any huge issues, but, um, and this is after the fact I learned that the doctor told me that you from viral infections, cause I had a really nasty sinus infection in, in the April before I got sick, apparently celiac disease can trigger to be a, you know, a symptomatic version. So Whoa. you can basically switch on all the symptoms of celiac disease. Oh. So what, through, so, through your Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, we don't really know. No, and apparently it's not, celiac disease is not connected with those at all. So this is just linked with the liver? With a viral, no, so celiac disease <laughs> is like, was triggered, had been something I'd suffered from, but was triggered by a viral infection that I had. Oh, the one from your So what's from the, your sinus what the fuck? That's crazy. So with celiac, if you're asymptomatic... What is the issue with it? Internal inflammation that doesn't cause the same sort of issues uh, that you would have normally, like the, you know, say the the lining of your colon shedding and then causing you to use the washroom constantly. Right. So for me, it was like, you know, I had bouts, little stints, like I wouldn't consider them flare-ups. Like people would have flare-ups from Crohn's and it could put them in the hospital. For me, it was like, I just had to drink more water and sleep for a couple more hours and I could wake up and be fine the next day, like smooth bowel movements and using the washroom, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but after this viral infection, uh, when I got sick with my liver disease, everything compounded at once. And so I was like getting smashed by my diet on the same end as me not, my liver wasn't working. That's crazy. Is there anything that would be like, is it common for you to have, are those diseases like comorbid with one another at all? Like, is it common to have them together? So Crohn's and PSC which is my liver disease, are right. not common at all. But okay. Crohn's and ulcerative colitis are extremely common. Mm. So those two go hand in hand. So when people have UC, they're at a higher risk for PSC. So the liver disease that I, that I deal with. Um, but the, 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 the celiac disease is a separate component all in itself. Okay. So that's not like, that exists crazy. in the triangle, but it's separate. You're a fucking mess, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, you should have seen me last year. It was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So, so what happened when you got really sick in Toronto then? <clears throat> so uh, we were up there, uh, you know, it, it, fever, chills, uh, tons of like crazy wild white chits, like 
White shits? White shits. So white ha- poop. White poop. So when you when you That's have issues that, with I your, gotta see what that yeah, looks yeah, like. Yeah. Was that that wasn't your white first poop. time having white no, poop? No, no. So when right. I was diagnosed when I was younger with my jaundice, you you do have that. It does that's something that happens because your body has a limited Whoa. ability to process fats and different things like that. And so your digestive system, what it puts out, the product of like your crap just looks totally different. Pale. White uh, stool isn't normal and should be evaluated <laughs> promptly by a doctor. Absolutely. White or clay-like stool yeah. is caused by a lack of bile, which may indicate a serious underlying problem. Bile is the digestive fluid produced by the by liver, liver and stored yeah. in the gallbladder. I actually had some clay-like poops after they took my gallbladder out, mm-hmm. but then that went away. Yeah. Um, I'm now going to look at the images and <laughs> we'll be posting oh, just, these on social right media. Up <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. I've yeah. seen that before. Yeah. Oh fuck. I was going to come around here <laughs> real quick. <laughs> oh, anyway, if anyone wants it. to do it, just, uh, just yeah. Google image search. That looks uh, like, like, don't uh, be, don't be eating. That looks like cream, cream corn and cream corn and carrot, uh, digestion. Dude, that looked like a grandmother's, uh, like Thanksgiving dinner, you know, like a, not a good cook grandmother. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like your friend's like, grandmother. Like yeah. squash and like cooked yeah. onions. Like together. that grandmother that you just kinda hate. <laughs> yeah. And look up a white stool. So oh dude, asshole. look at the white stool images. <laughs> the poltergeist. <laughs> the poltergeist. It's literally just a bunch of stools from uh, It's all Ikea. Wayfair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Ericsson. The Ericsson is really nice. But uh, <laughs> so that was familiar territory for me. Like I knew right away what the fuck was going on yeah. because I got sick when I was younger and that was what was happening. Uh, and the, you mean when you were in Toronto and you were getting, you yeah, got when I got sick. sick, when I started to get sick in Toronto, I was like, Oh, this is familiar territory. I know where I'm going. I, I've had, I've been sick like this before. Like got to get home, got to get, see the doctor, see what we can do. Mm-hmm. So do your friends come to the hospital with you or were they like, no, no, I didn't Adrian? go to the hospital in Toronto. Okay. I literally like, I fucking toughed it out the entire time. Like I, I got sick the day we got there and we were there for a week and oh, I just no. toughed it out. So you, you lose all your like energy. Like a real man. There you mm-hmm. go. Oh, and I God. drank, like I still kept yeah. drinking and shit. Like, Did I, you really? Oh, buddy. Like I, like it was like, this isn't ruining my trip. Like I'm just going to tough it out. Bonus. Well, we were drunk. The, I was drunk the whole time no. off my first six beer because my liver never processed. <laughs> We'll be back after this uh, short break of the Toxic, toxic Masculinity Podcast. Oh well, it was just more of like, it was the uh, same uh, approach that I had, unfortunately, when I was younger towards getting sick, yeah, which is right. like, it's not happening. I <laughs> yeah. can just, you know, I can deal with it and I can yeah. push through. Uh, and it didn't work. So, no shit. No shit. Yeah. And, I, and when I got home, I uh, went to go see my GP. GP was like, yep, you got to go see your, your specialist, whom I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen my liver specialist in seven years. Whoa. So I was a shitty patient, like horrible patient. I didn't see a specialist, let alone for my liver. I didn't see a specialist for any condition that I had for mm. seven or eight years. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. We haven't mentioned this yet. I'll put a thing at the top so people know already, but uh, I think Brian's microphone's broken. Maybe Donovan fixed it, though. Maybe it sounds good. Maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe he just Donald? dropped he just dropped the, the the sound of my voice a couple of octaves. So I'm just like yeah. talking like this. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we're sitting here with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That'd be nice. Oh yeah. Um, how do we? Get, how do we? How did I get on that? Act, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about changes. Uh, being in the hospital and your body working to like fix yeah, yeah. Right. things. But it was from something that you said, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, we were talking about celiac disease, like not eating gluten. Like, right, 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 right. So it was. Uh, you oh, know. so your body is like constantly. Oh, you know, you've got this inflammation that your body's going. We need to figure this fucking. Yeah, we need. To but it was like out. something that, to Jeremy's point earlier, my normal, like yeah. my normal fucking like I felt my version of great right right and it's like it's like that even uh, another good example of that is like the sleep apnea thing yeah right it's like if you you might have sleep apnea dude, yet you might dude, think dude you got it th- this okay this is a perfect example i i for sure without having been diagnosed 100 have sleep apnea but i feel like when i go to bed and close my eyes and wake up the next morning i'm like holy shit i slept so hard in reality we will probably come to find out that I don't fucking sleep well no. because my breathing's all fucked up when I'm sleeping. Dude, I but know because, you don't sleep well. Uh, yeah, exactly. But because I don't know what true real sleep feels like. You have no comparison. I have no comparison. So I'm going, I feel fucking great. Just like you. It's yeah. like you, you basically, be, your body got beat down into this normal yeah. that... Until you came out of it, you were like, holy okay. fuck. Dude, well, well dude. maybe this will help you <coughs> maybe go get a sleep apnea machine. How did you feel? Oh, well, moreover, I had the I had the contrast from when I was a kid. So I know what it felt like to be sick. Right. Well, my version of sick. So I knew how I knew what it felt like to be cr- like feeling sick and shitty. Mm. And so if I just felt better than that. Hey, you're winning. Everything's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, gravy. I was fucking happy as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I was dealing with like things that I didn't realize were warning signs. Yeah. I had heartburn three to four times a week. Every, like fucking Tums. I'd take a handful of Tums before I go to bed. That's just how I dealt with it. Right. That was a huge warning sign. Dude, I, I was thinking this last night. I, I, For me. I have a sore back right now yeah. and, and uh, I just took some, some like ibuprofen sure. and uh, felt like, like significantly better like an hour later. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, Man, isn't it funny how easy it is to mask a lot of symptoms, but like oh my God. also the importance of like realizing that they're there so that they prevent you from like like hurting yourself really further. Yeah. Well, pain, that's what that's why you have pain. Yeah. Pain is there to tell you to stop. Yeah. So it's fucked. Interestingly enough, that my career, it. what I do for a living is to do with eyes and vision. Mm-hmm. And people that is the single number one way that people don't realize there's deficiencies. Almost like it's a ridiculous statistic, but a lot of the population could benefit, don't need, could benefit from having a pair of corrective lenses. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just the plain, simple fact. So I see people all the time. They're like, oh, I can see great. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Here's your new glasses. Try these on. And they're like, whoa. Like, yeah, I I was missing that detail. Like you can you could count the leaves on that tree across the street. Oh, I didn't realize that. I see. So Mm. I see. I Mm. have great vision. But when I sit down and put on my pair of like, they're just like a light prescription and I put them on everything. They're meant for like, uh, they're meant for up close stuff like reading and computers and stuff. (laughs) 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 Maybe if we could see Jeremy right now, uh, I, everything just goes fucking HD and I'm like, whoa, it's so (laughs) clear. (laughs) So I, I do we yeah. have a can we do an Instagram story that goes that <laughs> coincides with what's happening right now? 
No. But I feel like, <laughs> but I feel like it, it, totally changed, it totally changes everything, even though standing here, I would go, no, I don't fucking need glasses. No, no. fucking way. And most people would say the same thing. Yeah. Because they, they don't need them bad enough. I yeah. definitely don't need glasses. Yeah. Hey, man, brother, what's up? Uh, what's up? You I will, got that. You will one day. No, I got yeah, yeah, I will one day. But it's the, norm, it's the normal shit. It's like if you, it's not. <laughs> I got it's, like 10 2 vision. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's relative. It's all, it's all what's relative. Like yeah. if something decreases over time, it's like if you take, if I, if I, if I, uh, if I put your hand, um, if I like, if you heat up your hand, if you mm-hmm. put your hand in like really hot water and then really cold water, and then you put both of your hands into just like room temperature water, one hand will feel hot and one hand will feel cold. Dude, you can't mm. you can't possibly feel hot and cold at the same time. It, it, well, and if you do you that can't. while you're asleep, you'll you, piss your pants. You, you you physically can't feel both sensations at the same time. Your brain, what are you talking fi- about? your brain fires back and forth, oh, okay. so you can feel like you're oh, almost feeling both, but you can't. It's the same receptor. I mean, it's at, oh, it I happens see. at light so. speed, so it's very fast. Not, it's almost you yeah. almost can't tell. Almost. I mean, that's like saying that's like saying we're not solid beings like because saying, atoms like, yeah. constantly moving. Because atoms are constantly moving. And there's not, space in between them, so really, we're just in, we're just, we really. No. I didn't. I didn't actually slap the table. It's actually just the sound that the that the atoms make when they when they when they burst apart from each other, but they never actually touch because there's actually this very tiny, very tiny, small space between them at all times. It's, it's a lot slower than that. You, like if you ha- hold your hands in hot and cold water, you can notice the the time that it takes to go back and forth between hmm. them. Hmm. Well, Science experiment. Yeah. Do it at home. Do it we, tonight. We've definitely got yeah, do it tonight while you're asleep. Project. Do it tonight while you're asleep. <laughs> Piss all yeah, over wait, your wait fucking until bed. Love falls asleep Jared, and then try it on but uh, so that was uh, that was my my normal was living with some symptoms that I treated as like oh, everybody deals with stuff like yeah I had a heartburn head all this other stuff but that was it uh, it quickly turned over differently though so not only was I dealing with the liver condition like the uh, onset of jaundice which is uh, what the PSC was doing to me I had serious jaundice oh dude yeah were you yelling really oh bro. Guys, it, got, <laughs> it, got, it, got, it got a lot worse you before some, you. It got better. Do you have right? any photos of you being yellow? Yeah, uh, here I'll pull them up. I mean, is it yellow like like ew or yellow like wow? Yellow, like, you've been you tanning. Know, have you ever seen? Oh yeah. So I spent every day outside in the sun last summer because vitamin D is the best thing for it. But then you got to worry about fucking skin cancer. For and yeah. God, well, yeah. vitamin D is just the best thing. Uh, it can it can be one of the better things. Sorry for it uh, okay. is to help treat uh, just liver related things. Vitamin D helps the liver a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so my health nosedived big time. So I got diagnosed with uh, celiac disease uh, on top of the fact that my liver was closing off. So the pipes to my liver were closing off. My bile duct uh, was shutting. Whoa. And uh, crazy. That's the inflammation, much the same <laughs> as it affects. The other parts of the digestive tract, uh, the inflammation that uh, was happening in my bile duct was shutting things off, among other things like uh, they call it bile sludge. So the best way I can describe it is PSC, uh, if you look at pictures of it online, your, your main bile duct. Uh, turns into this beaded. It looks like a cord of anal beads. Really, it's it <laughs> the easiest way to make an analogy. I am with you. <laughs> and uh, and so each point at which it becomes uh, tighter, a stricture, that is the area of what they call fibrosis. And the fibrosis is built up scar tissue. Mm. And over the course of time of fucking ignoring symptoms, not being 
unfortunately, as an aside, you can't treat this. Other, you can't. There's nothing you can do to stop it or slow it down. But um, sludge is bile that sits in these little beads and these little strictures. And uh, the thin part or the bigger part, thick, uh, the big parts. Right. So the little the openings, bead. yeah. And uh, and so sludge will Ugh. block bile trying to cleanly pass through the small thin areas and you have uh, blockages so you can get things you basically your liver isn't producing bile and not getting down to your digestive tract and you can't uh, digest food or absorb your food that you're eating properly and so i went from i was 190 96 97 pounds uh really good healthy weight for me uh you're like six six five yeah and so it was literally some of the best weight had been carrying on me since I was younger and I'd been working really hard to get that weight. So I thought really I was just carrying a lot of inflammation and water weight. <laughs> uh, and so uh, eating was almost impossible you, for like yeah. the first month. Ever. Were you having like uh, bowel movements with like full pieces of food? Yeah, absolutely. Like oh. undigested. Uh, like I got into eating, uh, trying to eat healthy, what I thought was healthy. So undigested stuff like crazy. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Like I'm eating healthy. Why isn't my body? It's because my body had no, no bile to break down the food with. So mm. uh, I wasn't uh, absorbing that. And on top of it, I was still inflamed from celiac disease. And so there was even less of my body. So less of my body was picking up even the small amounts of things that it was digesting. It's kind of like when you go to stick a, a <laughs> like a, a bill into a coin dispensing machine and like instead of coins coming out, it's just the bill keeps coming back and you're like, fuck, I'm putting it, yeah. it in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why isn't it coming out with coins? So it's I... a really uh, good comparison to drop, right? Between... Uh, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> Between May and uh, May and the end of July, uh, I went down to 162 pounds. So I lost Whoa. like almost 30 pounds. And you walk around, yeah. Well, and then before that, you walk around. You're, I mean, you're sitting here now. You're probably about 485 pounds. At least, yeah. Um, I mean, that's my left nut. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we we didn't even get into the elephantitis. Um, uh, but we'll get there. Uh, what did you start to do to kind of like like did you have to do something yourself to start? Uh, I I know this isn't the correct word, but like reversing this, like mm. or or did, was this like full on? You need hardcore medical intervention. No, see, so the issue with PSC is that the medical intervention that they can do is extremely limited. So when you've got right. fibrosis, when you've got this buildup in the bile duct that's causing these problems, there's only a, a few options, uh, and the few options are, uh, which is the f- first one I had, which is called an ERCP. Uh, ERCP is a camera scope down your throat, and they stuff a, they shove a stent or a shunt into your bile duct to try and open it up a little uh-huh. bit. Holy fuck! Uh, and so, so wait, what's the tube down the throat have to do with anything? Camera. Oh, they're yeah. just oh, camera, oh. camera, the whole deal. And so, oh. uh, it's. For people that have other conditions, so like stomach ulcers and stuff like that, like uh, an ERCP or a rather a scope down the throat is less invasive than going up through the butt for a colonoscopy or anything like that. Ooh, it depends on who you ask. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Very but, much so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the uh, – so I went through – months like two months really hardcore of sickness and uh, it was just slowly getting worse and worse and worse but i had changed my diet really early on to being like cut gluten out of my life right and so i was like man i don't understand why things are getting better like blah 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 blah. Uh, and it was because these strictures um had been getting so much worse than i had anticipated over the course of time uh that i wasn't i didn't have symptoms from it but i it it onset was so bad that bile wasn't flowing properly and it was just causing more inflammation and more problems and showing signs of infection and other shit like that. So, um, I, I inevitably 
uh, went in for an ERCP. Uh, when I showed up for my ERCP on a Tuesday, the doctor looked at me and goes, dude, you're way too sick to be having this sort of procedure right Whoa. now. Like, like you, need, you? you need like, a, a, like so, something else, like something more? Well, they said, they said uh, you need to come <coughs> back on Thursday and we need to do something. <laughs> what did you're you way at? too sick. You need to leave here well, for a few more nothing, days. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's nothing they could do. What, they did he just right. look at you and he was like, you look like a perfectly ripe banana. You, like, so <laughs> I was super tanned. Like I tanned like crazy, but my eyes, like the sclera, the white part of my eye, was pure yellow. Like it looked like someone had pissed in my eyes. Oh, no. it was crazy. Whoa. Really? Yeah, picture, I have got pictures of it. It looks like, yeah, it looks like somebody pissed in my eyes, like snow cone piss. Like Holy it was crazy. fuck. And, but that's jaundice. The jaundice will uh, uh, cause that the yellowing of the skin and the eyes. And among other horrible things, itchiness, which is the paritis they call it so you feel like a fucking crack addict like there's dr- like bugs under your skin oh. everywhere were you so, were you freaking the fuck out you freak out for several reasons i i had had it happen to me before but so the itchiness the paritis um was not as bad as the uh, as as the sleep uh, deprivation became so I became, yeah. uh, I, I had cut down to God, like two, two, two hours a week or two hours a week. Oh my Sorry. God. Two man. hours a night of sleep at, and it was very broken. I was like two hours a week. Uh, when did the psychosis <laughs> yeah. kick in, bro? Well, I, God, dude, I, I, I love listening. We always, we talk about Matthew Walker a lot, but I was literally right before I, w- I came in here today. I was listening to Matthew Walker, the sleep scientist talk about like the importance of getting eight hours oh minimum and like it sends shivers down my spine like telling oh, like dude, hearing you say nuts. that yeah. you, you two hours a night broken, broken sleep two hours a night and it was because of uh, for how long uh i had uh, uh insomnia for about four months oh my god dude yeah so i had insomnia so stress induced partly you know stress from fucking the fact that there's nothing you can do nothing doctors can do and i'll get more into that uh but also this paritis so itchiness to the point where you like, it's sick to say it, but you break your skin scratching. So I bite my nails. I bite my nails, and I can't scratch with my nails. So I have to find something to scratch my foot with or scratch my hand with or whatever the fuck. The bottom of your feet and the top of your feet are the most itchy parts for me anyways. Um, other people will suffer differently. But the paritis affects me there. And, dude, like, my feet look like I was a fucking crack addict. It was insane. Because you were just scratching, scratching the fuck all the time. With what? What did you use? Uh, your teeth? The cover, the... The back battery cover of an Xbox controller. Oh dude, yeah, that, dude, that, that sounds good. Mm. That's my <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's, I was going to say even this bo- the, your Aquafina bottle uh, that caps, you've been going for like caps, seven years. Yeah, the caps. cap. Oh, Man, dude, bottle caps yeah. are nice. No, this thing had the right fucking sharpness. It wasn't so sharp that it was going to yeah. fuck me up, but it was sharp enough to. I love, I love having my back scratched. And there's this uh, mm. corner of a wall in my office that's just like. Like an unfinished corner almost. And it's just like <laughs> everyone, bear. everyone picture yeah, this. Bear. Dude, yeah. Everyone picture I'm, this. I am like a bear. Like I just, I just, I, I look around. And I see if anybody's watching, and then I just go and I just rub my back up against that fucking sharp wall, and it feels yeah. so good. You know, what feels, so, you know what feels really good is, uh, is lots the, of things feel good. I just don't want to hear what you're gonna say. Is the uh, just like a couple of days of of like leg hair that's just grown in on your wife or your girlfriend's legs, and where it's like real prickly, and then you just take and you press into it and you rub like get the the, <laughs> the uh, what's it called friction going like on the those little hairs. Sometimes they'll stick into you. Wow, but. Uh, it's, yeah, it's real good. I've never heard that before. Yeah. You never heard that, mm. or or your own or your own face, 
Well, Brian, you would never know what this is like, but if you if you can grow facial hair, you just actually, shave it, you just actually, shave it and let it grow in a little bit, and it's like it's like a thousand grit. I actually only know what that's like. Oh, because right. it doesn't get any longer than that. That's right. So the satisfaction that you were talking about from scratching. Yeah. eliminate that zero satisfaction from oh, scratching sucks. so oh, that's no. the paritis right you don't get it doesn't pacify the the scratching only makes it worse you know and what also, you can't stop so you know it feels really cyclical. like while while you just made us feel bad about not feeling good about that i want everybody who's <laughs> listening to feel good again for oh, a second my God. to just think about you know that thing that head <sighs> yeah scratcher the, the, like the, the fucking i believe it's called the uh egg head uh, uh, caresser. And you know how that good that is for humans? Have you ever seen a dog get that done? No. It blows their fucking mind. I've seen, <laughs> oh. I saw a video of a husky where the husky was like super like, whoa, what the fuck is this? And then the owner just puts it over the husky's head and the husky like, his eyes separate, his tongue drops out of his mouth. It literally, I think it changed that dog's life. It, it feels, it's yeah. very... Have you ever done it to a baby? Or like a, a toddler? <laughs> Dude, it's fucking hilarious. You definitely <laughs> don't move your hand like that when you're talking about toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, uh, you know what? I was actually taking this to a wholesome place. You guys took it to fucking... Uh, yeah. okay, we're going to start calling step. you Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Donovan, whoa. cut that out. Oh my just, God, definitely keep uh, it. No. <laughs> But if you do it to like a toddler or a baby, babies are the best because babies like they're like they're like the husky where they go you know, like they <laughs> too much sensation they, overload. They almost break. Whereas with the toddler, the toddler will just like yeah, they're like, their shoulders yeah. just like up to their ears. Yeah. You do it to Hudson, it's fucking hilarious. Anyway, uh, that was. Um, <laughs> Wait, how do we there get some on weirdness that? There. We're talking we're about the, the itchiness. And the, yeah, so the that in itself, um, you know, it was a fucking, you know, first and second for, like, shit that sucked was that. I could deal with almost anything else, but this not sleeping and this itchiness, yeah. this paritis that people have to deal with. So people that have liver failure, liver disease, anything like that, anybody that's had jaundice <laughs> uh, for a certain period of time, they get this paritis. And it's... Why was it on your feet? Like, could, no it, could it have been anywhere? anywhere. Yeah, because it's a buildup uh, of the toxins in your blood uh, that your liver can't fil- filter out. Oh, interesting. Uh, so there is a because uh, the a blood byproduct. just like pools down at the bottoms of yeah, your feet. Maybe, or? yeah. Or like, dude, like, you know the feeling how great it is when you take socks off after a day oh, of wearing socks yes. all day? Ooh. I was just thinking about so, doing that. <laughs> take the satisfaction of that away by when you take your socks off, your feet get fucking like crack addict itchy. Like, that's... That was my life. Like I'd go to work at the office and I'd stand and work and do shit all day. And then I'd go home and I'd be like scared to take my socks off because I know I'd scratch my feet until they bled. How did it, how did it affect your job? Like dealing with, man, I did tell you my, the, the office that I work with, I work in an optometry clinic here in Halifax. They were fucking phenomenal. So I only, t- I was super sick for about four and a half months. I only had to take like seven to eight days total they let me go into the office work reduced hours work at my pace that i needed to work at can't give them enough credit for how That's fucking awesome. phenomenal it was because in any other scenario i would have had to go on leave mm-hmm. i would have had to uh i was still functioning and it gave me a good distraction away from the atrocities of my itching uh but it was uh yeah i give all the credit to them uh it's cool. uh, it was fucking great to be able to work with them and then still be able to work with them now and you know give back to the to the team that gave me everything that i needed when mm-hmm. i was sick so yeah i was uh, uh in any other environment i don't think it would have worked but with them it was perfect they That's let awesome. me i would fall asleep at my desk like s- fucking sitting there and then i would 
sleep like this for fucking 20 minutes and then I'd hear something and wake up and then they, they wouldn't even call me on it. They would just be like, oh, you, yeah, you needed sleep. They were like, you looked yeah. like you needed it. Also, yeah. your eyes are more yellow than oh, they were man. yesterday. And, and talk about being self-conscious. Like, just you wear these sunglasses. Just wear these oh, sunglasses. Man. We don't want you to be seen. I would seen. sit down with patients. I, like, I see patients as, like, as part of my job. I would sit down with patients and I would be like, man, this person just looks at me and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? They're like, yeah. I used to get you're so not taking your own advice, dude. It's yeah. so yeah. self-conscious. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't. Not to mention, like you're looking at their eyes, so like they're, they're obviously looking at, looking at, looking at yours. Eyes, like, yeah. luckily enough, most people that see me have their glasses off or dilation drops in their eyes, so they can't really <laughs> see what the fuck's going on. You'd be like, I think you need maybe a yeah. couple more drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just put more of that in there. So, how did things start turning around? Uh, it took a long time. Uh, so, end of July, the 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 crescendo, the apex of all this was uh, I went in for the CRCP. So I went in to have uh, a stent put in my liver to try and open my bile duct to get shit flowing. Yeah. So my body could start breaking down food. I could start absorbing food, start recovering, uh, and hopefully uh, beat the uh, small uh, low-lying infection that was happening. So the low, I did, I, there was a low-lying infection happening in my liver from the bile sitting, the sludge sitting in these little fucking beads in my mm-hmm. liver uh and so uh i had to beat the infection so i went in for my ERCP, which is a day procedure uh, they go in boom shove a camera down your throat pop a stent in uh i wake up from that and they go yeah uh you can't go home today and i was like fuck like god damn it like this what like what's gonna happen uh and so i woke up they were like uh we couldn't get a stent in so they couldn't put a a shunt or a stent in my liver. Oh man! And all they could tell me, and to this day, this is still the the words they use. Yeah, you've got some really strange anatomy. That's what they told me when I woke up from this fucking procedure. I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "That's the first time I've heard that." Go like, on. I was like, "He was like, yeah." Like the doctor got in there and he didn't really know where he was at. And I was like, "Whoa!" Like, and Whoa. This, by the way, I have a fucking phenomenal doctor, so my shit's really fucked up. <laughs> like, he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah." We weren't going to put a shunt in. Like, there was way too much inflammation. Uh, if we had put one in, your body would have fucking like just your tissue would have torn and you would have had way bigger issues. Is so, this pre-celiac diagnosis? After. Okay. Yeah. Do you, does this have anything to do with the elephantitis or the fact that you were 480 pounds? <laughs> uh, or that's separate. That's oh, you separate. Yeah, we'll separate. get to that it's later. It's so funny yeah. how you can like, just side note, it's so funny how on a podcast you can create this picture and like, people who are <laughs> yeah, listening totally. said that just doesn't yeah. reflect yeah. what's going on. That, so wait, but so did they not, did they not come back to you and go like, okay, so what we figured out was like your rib cage is actually in your pelvis and you have like your heart's so in your throat. The, like they didn't tell you what, what's fucking to weird. this day, I still talk with these doctors and the only thing that they can do is draw me a diagram uh, of what's going on so everybody's bile duct <laughs> yeah it literally it sounds figure. really funny yeah, it's like okay so yeah, here's your here belly yeah. and here's your belly button here's your belly. and then uh, <laughs> uh well i don't know why i put that there because it's gonna get in the way but uh, yeah so they show me this they've got this uh printout of uh of the liver and the gallbladder and and all this shit that's in your peritoneal in that area mm. uh and they go so this is normal person's gall- gallbladder, and I'm sitting in this fucking hospital bed uh, in the humidity of July last year, too. Like, the yeah. hottest fucking week of July last year, I was in the hospital on the ninth floor of the fucking VG, just dying. Oh, and the VG. Dying. I don't think the VG, VG has ever had, a, like, an ounce of fresh air in that fucking ever. building. So, this doctor's over me. He's, he's trying to tell me what's up after I got in the news of all this fucking stuff that was going on and that I wasn't going home. And he goes, uh, yeah, he goes, okay, so most people's bile, bile duct looks like this. And he goes, yours. And he starts drawing this winding road. 
And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? The he pulls out you've watercolors got the, you've got, and starts yeah, painting. You, you've got the duck vagina <laughs> of, of bile ducts. A d- duck vagina or the duck dick? No, duck vagina. Oh, whoa. Oh, are you not familiar? I'm not. So we like can a, get I into it. Ducks but it, had like corkscrew dicks. Ducks have corkscrew dicks and ducks' vaginas. They have so like duck, trap doors and stuff. Yeah, ducks' vaginas trap have evolved. Doors? Yeah, because ducks, I mean, I don't think I don't think you can use the word rape because <laughs> it's not, I don't think it like translates over to, to animals, but ducks, well, I guess they do. They forcefully um, uh, try to inseminate uh-huh. female ducks. And female ducks are like, I don't want this fucking dude squirting at me because I. Cause he's the he's the village idiot. Yeah, he's the dum dum, <laughs> and so I want to choose who right, I'm actually right. going to allow into the the canal. And so, female duck ducks have evolved where their vaginas have like several trap doors and like basically it's a maze, and Whoa. they have the ability to go. Nope, ah, you, you can come in, but you're not going that route. You're not, no, you're yeah, not going yeah, that yeah. route. Or if Whoa. you go through one door, the right door, you have to face a boss. And then <laughs> you go through, and that grants you access Jesus. to the next door. Man, all the shit I didn't know. Yeah. So doctor tells me, basically, he goes, yeah, he goes, you, the damage that's happened to your bile duct over the course of the last 11 years with this disease has <laughs> me- messed your anatomy up pretty badly. And I'm Whoa. like, man, wow. this is so crazy. Like, that I can't believe I haven't crazy. had symptoms, like more pressing symptoms, sooner. Uh, and so he just basically told me, he's like, yeah, he's like, there's no way we're getting up to where we would need to be to put a stent in, even when you get healthy. Uh, so me being healthy now, I still haven't had one done because they can't get to where they need to go. Oh, would, it, would it have been different if you had been seeing your liver guy? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe so it's, it's about prolonging. With PSC, it's about kicking the can. How long can we keep this going? Uh, and manage the inflammation. So, I mean, if I had been diagnosed with celiac disease when I was diagnosed with my liver disease, things may have been different with my progression of the disease. Mm-hmm. However, at the 30-year mark across almost every study with PSC, shit starts to go north, south. Like, it just does. Like, it's just how it affects, especially males. It doesn't affect females quite as uh, bad as it, affect male, it affects males. I don't know why, but it's... What's the, um, what's the deal with, like, transplant? Does anybody ever... Do, does anybody toss around transplant in that? Yeah, story? so that's an inevitability. So yeah. an, uh, eventually I will need a liver, but it has to come to a certain point. And I have to get sick enough. It's funny right. because when, when we ran into each other um, a couple of days ago, I now understand what you were saying by saying that you have bad, you, your liver is not bad right now, but you have bad plumbing. Yeah. So my liver, my liver itself uh, is pretty healthy. So the portion of the liver, the biliary tree, uh, the top portion of my liver is great, but the fucking plumbing sucks. Can they not replace that instead? No, they can't replace it. It's fucked. Isn't it crazy that they it's can replace fun. these like really big essential mm-hmm. pieces, but... They can't just do the plumbing. I don't know. And again, it's a, uh, they can do, uh, they can do. I'm sure there's a good reason. A lot of, yeah, there, there are good reasons. And again, unfortunately I'm not the full expert on that, but they can't just replace that part of your liver. Well, it's kind of like, right. I mean, when you think about it, it's probably kind of like, you know how a tree just has like a fuckload of roots and like the yeah. trunk would be easy to like cut the trunk out, yeah. take the trunk, but replace then reattaching that the branches. That's like, that's exactly putting all the branches on and putting all the roots yeah. on the bottom. Like it would be and so the rejection of that would probably be higher than if you just had a full fucking chunk of liver to put in there. Yeah. Well, and let's be real. I don't actually know that. That's no, what no, it's no, like. but it's a but good analogy. Oh, it oh, 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 I, <laughs> that was built in yeah. for me and for yeah. me anyway, is your, it, like I, I'm imagining if you get a liver transplant, mm-hmm. will your and and let's say like 
you get your liver transplant and that kind of comes with a, the the bile duct. I don't know if it does. Or yeah, not. it comes. So they take when you get a transplant. <laughs> so if you get a, a living donor, transplant, that's the premium version. That <laughs> if you get a living donor premium version, that's the version that w- when uh, folks get sick uh, at a younger age, like myself, they want a living donor. They don't want to use a cadaver or a dead donor. Like a living donor being like someone who just living, dude. Like, living. But you only have one liver, so uh, where's what? it going? I, so the most mind blowing fact I've learned in the last like six months uh, is that if you become a liver donor for somebody, uh-huh. you can donate seventy percent of your liver as a functioning human being, and then within thirty days, your liver grows back to a hundred percent. What, bro? Fucking. Blew my mind the first time I heard it. 70%? In a month. In a month. But you, like, obviously you're in the hospital. Like, you're in recovery. But the liver regenerates at a crazy fucking rate. Do they pay you? Yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Interesting. So if you had to go somewhere else. How much? Yeah, if you had to go somewhere else to be a donor for somebody, they'll pay, the government will pay you a subsidy to go there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just kind of making a funny joke about being paid for giving up my liver, but I, that makes total yeah. sense. That's so you won't get paid crazy. for your liver. You get paid for your time. That's about it. Right. That's, <laughs> a, that's, yeah. a, that's how they, that's, that's how they organize yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> to make it not yeah. seem, it's like, I didn't pay for sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I paid for company and then yeah. we had sex when we were together. Yeah. So to Jeremy's point a minute ago when we were talking about the recovery process, so I went in, I had this procedure done. Uh, I had a bunch of biopsies taken because they have to test for not only these this condition that I've got, but they get a test for cancers and all this other shit mm-hmm. that people with autoimmune disease are more likely to get. Um, and so I was in the hospital, uh, sickest I've ever been in my fucking life, 162 pounds soaking wet, like fucking a skeleton, literally. That's crazy. That's what I weigh when I'm like really light mm-hmm. and you're like Man. two feet taller than me. Yeah. Here, I got a picture <laughs> I'll show you guys and maybe you can post it if you guys want to, but it's uh, of me in the hospital bed after the crew that I work with sent me get well, like balloons. And I look like a fucking sh- super thin shadow of myself. You can sort of see it in my collarbones oh, and my, yeah. in my face. Yeah. Like I was oh, just whoa, like, dude, your cheeks and stuff too. Yeah, super recessed, like oh, yeah, dude. emaciated, Jesus sunken in Christ. eyes, like <clears throat> filter on there. So you can't see how light my, how yellow my skin is. Mm-hmm. But man, it was like, if you'd taken away my tan that I had last summer, I would have been, I don't know, like pour that Red Bull in a cup. Like my skin would right. have been fucking Jesus. tinged like a fucking yellow. That's wild. Uh, so people didn't realize how sick I was. They didn't. Re- I was a pretty. I'm thin to begin with, so uh, not not my nuts, but no. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'm thin to begin with, and so when people just saw me over the course of the four months, this was all happening. The um, the thing they didn't notice is me losing weight, mm. and then especially with people who are with you, you know, regularly all the time. Yeah, and so, anyways, I uh, I I have this kind of crazy side by side comparison of me the week before I went in the hospital, and then a week and a half after I got out of the hospital. So it's like fucking a 20 pound difference almost. I put weight back on really quick. Um, So I was in the hospital and I spent my first night there uh, and they were like, okay, so this is what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to go back in and we're going to do this procedure. And so I was like, fuck. All right. So I was another ERCP procedure. They're going to go down through my throat and they're going to go in uh, and they're going to try and do a ballooning, a ballooning technique, which is like to put a little balloon in that will, open things up a little bit for me and that's that's going to hopefully help things out but they can't leave anything behind but and so I woke up the next day 
and uh, woke up. I didn't sleep. I, right. The next day started, and that's uh, the workaround because you can't put the shine. Exactly. On. And so I woke up, and they were like, "Yeah, I know. We can't. We're not going to do that. We're going to do this." And so uh, they said, "We're going to see if you start responding to antibiotics because I had signs of infection. Uh, we'll see if you start responding to the antibiotics. Uh, so we're going to give it another day. Uh, if that doesn't work, we may need to do what's called a peritoneal drain, which is stick a fucking needle in through your side of your ribs." plug into your liver and start draining your bile before it backs oh, up to the point geez. of causing huge issues. And immediately I was like, oh my God, like how much fucking worse can this get? Yeah. Like, this is brutal. That sounds like it sucks. Uh, it and so suck. I was super not stoked on the peritoneal drain concept just in general. I had a drain when I was a kid from surgery that they, they did to me and drains fucking suck. And uh, it would have been something I would have had to walk around with for a bit. Like they were like, yeah, you keep it for about a month and then we come back in, you take it. I'm like, what is it almost like a, uh, like a, like colostomy, a, like a colostomy your liver. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so, <clears throat> and uh, so anyways, it, this, I was in the hospital for a total of six days and every day I woke up, they had a new thing they said they were going to do and then it didn't happen. And so on top of me not sleeping, I was having these mind fucks of like, okay, I'm having a procedure at two o'clock and then mm-hmm. two o'clock would roll around and then three o'clock would roll around and then the doctor would show up at the end of his shift and be like, yeah, we're not going to do that today. And I'm like, just boiling in this fucking heat. Uh, and long story short, uh, nothing happened. They didn't end up doing any more procedures. The antibiotics started to work, and I started to have uh, lowered levels of bilirubin in my blood, which is the thing that causes jaundice. So the bilirubin in my blood was starting. I feel to- bad for anyone named Billy Rubin, <laughs> which there definitely is. is. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah. Do you think I he feel sounds like, like he would cause jaundice? Because like that <laughs> happens to babies when yeah. they're born, right? They're yeah. called uh, Billy babies. Billy and, babies. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the name for it. Mm-hmm. Some of them come out like that. Oh, so I imagine that like. Some doc, like if a doctor was with somebody who was like, like gave birth to, gave like gave birth to someone and like pulled the baby out and they were holding it up and they're like, we're gonna call him Billy Rubin. They'd be like, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, maybe not, maybe don't. So yeah, how does your brother, um, you guys uh, are kind identical of get, twins. get tied into this? Um, we actually have him on the on the phone. Devin, are you there? Yeah, hey, uh, what's going on, dude? Guys? What's up? Um, uh, this is fun. We've never done this before. Uh, so, uh, so your brother, your brother, everybody, your brother's here. Yeah. There's like a, we, we just fucking sprung this on you. You haven't, you guys haven't talked in eight years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Sick Boy I Podcast reunion uh, show. Drifted um, in and through the ether, and yeah. here I am. Yeah. So you guys are are, twi- are identical twin brothers. I mean, uh, it's up in the air my parents really my mom point of contention yeah, point with, of the contention family, with the family you know. we were c-section <laughs> we were born and my mom doesn't know if it was one second too but like we're twin like you we're guys, mirrored twins you guys uh, look very much we're pretty alike. similar like yeah, yeah so we just yeah. kind of let people decide what they want to think what they want okay <laughs> but you are a set of twins that i can tell the difference of yeah like between mm-hmm. like, yeah. Oh, yeah like yeah, yeah. pretty like very easily and you guys also had two different dads right that was the crazy <laughs> that was the crazy part yeah, <laughs> yeah. A mom, yeah, yeah. Twin, twin dads actually <laughs> yeah right twin dads <laughs> <laughs> oh god who knows what the what the science is behind that i'd watch that movie um uh so so this is kind of interesting though so you've you know um, uh, you've had a fuckload of health issues, but Devin, you also what? Like, what are you dealing with? Is it is it similar? Like, you guys look alike, dude. But is your carbon are, are you, copy really? Carbon yeah, copy. yeah, we're identical, mm-hmm. pretty much down to like the the exact same medical. illnesses, the yeah, the same medical conditions. So, oh wow. But um, I, uh, Devin, when I when yeah, I, was I got talk- diagnosed first, yeah. When I was talking to uh, Adrian the other day, and and I mentioned it like a, a few minutes ago on the podcast, I was saying that he. He was telling me his plumbing was fucked up around his liver, but his liver is like pretty good, more or less. Um, is 
your liver is pretty fucked up right now though, right? Yeah, I uh, I only came in probably in the last fifteen minutes, and I've been listening. But uh, I, I think from from what I'm you know extrapolating from that conversation, yeah, Aiden's right. Like his his liver, like the bulk of his liver is 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 fine, but his biliary system uh, that's the problem. It's kind of like balloons with knots in them. Like you know, if you ever went to a circus and saw balloon animals mm. and whatnot, like that's kind like of what of happens buttholes. to your biliary system. I made the uh, anal bead analogy, yeah. Devin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're on the same page. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, when, when the disease kind of takes its course, when it gets, you know, worse over time, uh, you develop cirrhosis, you develop, uh, you know, a honeycomb pattern of scar tissue that just, you know, your liver can, you know, a lot of people know that from alcoholics, you know, people who drink their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think the primary difference between Adrian and I at the moment is that um, I have what's known as like stage four liver failure. That- so my, I'm in the, la- I'm in the final stage. Like I'm, I'm at boss level for, um, now in video you know, games, in video games speak, that's, yeah awesome like you're you're doing yeah, really I'm well about to fight i'm about to fight ganon right yeah, it's, it's, it's all happening <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. but in real life speak uh that sounds pretty bad yeah yeah it's it's uh it's not great and, you know it's it's definitely a point where nine months ago i kind of i i think adrian's kind of explained probably the the speed at which kind of things can change uh or or things left unmonitored even for a year or two which happened to be my case uh you know it meant the difference between kind of maybe being able to manage some things and and i can go into that part of the story too if you want but it's uh it's basically i i need a liver transplant and so like and like do you need a liver transplant like stat or or what's the you know yeah yeah ideally within my doctor would like to see it with within 12 to 24 months like the shortest oh, wow. you know, time timelines possible so it's um i thought you're gonna yeah, be like 12 it, to 24 days and i was like holy yeah. shit this it is- could be that soon man it could be that yeah. soon yeah. I, uh, how do you how do you I'm, because you're you're like adrian was telling us a little bit earlier about um living donors too so like how do you how do you get on that list like what's the what's the process for that and can you like expedite that yeah it's it's a really fascinating process like i i guess the like the root concept being there's a list there's a donor list that you can be on it depends on all sorts of things uh, the main one or the primary one being what's known as a meld score so i don't know if you guys have talked about meld score but it's a model for end-stage liver disease um and you get like when you're when you're going through the process of getting all the tests done that are necessary to uh, to kind of ass- assess exactly where you are with PSC and where your liver's at, they develop that score, and and mine happens to be high enough to be put on the uh, the liver transplant list for for Ontario, or, you know, can, for Canada actually. So can you get like uh, can like how 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 complicated is the matching process like? Can you get a friend to like, is there, is there, yeah. can I be like, Hey, well, yeah. I, I want to give you 70% of my liver. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they, 
they aren't discriminatory. Like they will, uh, as long as there's a, a match and it's a viable candidate and all the requirements are met and it's a rigorous amount of testing. It's, it's fairly intense for donors. So, um, I know some friends who have stepped up in a huge way and just, you know, advocated that they want to, you know, they want to just see me healthy again. And, 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 uh, they, they'd be willing to go through the process or at least find out more about it. So it's all done through the universal health network in, in Ontario, at least I, you know, that's, that's how it's done. Uh, different provinces might have a different setup, but yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder they, how like risky it is to to be a, a a living donor because I like, I mean, it must be like a pretty relatively safe process if they're allowing well, people to like, step risks. up and do it. But of course, yeah, there's always I mean, risks, right? I can give you some statistics that I've been told. Okay. Um, so since they've been doing this sort of procedure for patients with uh, you know just liver transplants in general, actually, it doesn't. The hepatology or the autoimmune disease community isn't just exclusive for it, but they've done about 900 surgeries in Ontario, um, and that's with living donors. So of those 900, they have had 0.01% mortality rating for donors. So that means, uh, that means pretty much every single person died. Except for like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody, everybody's wow. ever done. It. Wow. Uh, so no, no one, no one's ever, no one's ever uh, had life-threatening uh, consequences wow. from donating. So, so like, say, say you go through the process and um, say like, I want to go on the list and like, and go through the the process to see if I'm a match for you. Um, mm. I go through all that and we can talk more about that in detail, but like what happens if, if I like go through that process and they say, sorry, you're not a match for Devin, but you know, we've got like this other person, we've got like Tom on the list and and you're actually a match for him. Do they pair you up with somebody like that? I'm fairly certain. And I, I, I only am recalling this from memory and not notes, but I, I'm fairly certain, yeah, they do approach you about the possibility of being an anonymous donor for someone else. Um, I know that in Ontario, they've done anonymous donor transplants. They actually did one last summer between two patients. So they had two patients in the liver clinic or in the, uh, the liver transplant list that ended up with their spouses being a match for each other so mm. they ended up doing dual surgeries where each spouse ended up getting a liver from the others like they wife partner. swapped their their their, their livers their livers, livers yeah so it was Something, like yo dude you can have my wife's liver if i can have yours yeah. and he was like can we be in the same room and then yeah exactly and the one yeah. Of the like no i'd rather do it like not in the same room they're like okay well yeah sure i guess we'll do it that way can you put a yeah. can you put a, a little collar around my neck <laughs> yeah well jeez oh hospital is this oh jeez full service so, wow. so the strange the strange thing about Devin and i is that uh We've always had the same illnesses growing up, but he's gotten sick before I did. Right. So he's had these episodes, you know, his symptoms towards Crohn's, quote unquote, because it's not what it is now, right. happened before I did when I was younger. <clears throat> and I talked about that when I was on the podcast the first time. I said, you know, I saw my brother get sick and then I started to get sick and I pretended like it wasn't happening. Mm. And then same thing. When we were younger, liver disease started to set on for Devin. I wasn't getting liver disease. Fuck that. Like, yeah. no way. Uh, so he's had, he's had the first, he's, he's the scout, the leader of the, mm. the pack here uh, when it comes down to these medical conditions. Uh, last year was the first time, 
um, I led the way with getting sick. Uh, and it wasn't until, what was it, Christmas time, Devin, that you got sick? Uh, yeah, it was in the fall, right before, well, yeah, actually it was in early December yeah. where I had to go in and I had an ERCP, which was, I think. The camera down the mouth? Yeah, yeah. they, um, they did a different procedure for me. My, my doctor, uh, I, I have a specialist in Ontario and, and I think it's just based on, you know, me being in one of the large, the largest city in Canada, but I, I have a specialist who is not only like the like the specialist for um autoimmune diseases for you know for canada he's like the specialist for psc um so he's been making recommendations to another surgeon and i you know it's just it, it blows my mind to see the level of care and 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 uh you know just general uh, it's hard to put into words actually i don't i don't know how to how to properly talk about it yet, but at any rate, I had a I had a dilation. So Adrian was talking about a stint um, and having something put in or a shunt put into his bile duct, and they did what's known as a dilation for me. So they they actually take a little balloon and they they try to widen the strictures so that the the bile can flow through, um, yeah, flow through into the into the small intestine. Again. So you had like Crazy. the same like anal bead. Bile yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the signature oh, exactly. of PSC. It is, yeah. That's so that a, was one of the a, things they talked about, and I was saying this earlier. One of the things they talked about potentially doing for me too, Dev, at the hospital when I was in my stint, my stay last year, was they were talking about putting that that in or doing that because they couldn't figure my anatomy out. I never asked mm-hmm. you this question. Did your doctors tell you you have strange anatomy? Not particularly. Dude, I mean, what the fuck's wrong with I, me? no. I yeah. mean, PSC is really. <laughs> aggressive and it can change the biliary structure pretty severely so crazy um, i've never been told that dude screen. that's what the literally that's what the doctors have told me like during uh the first point i got sick and then after i've had a few mris they're like man you got some really strange anatomy and that's oh, not wow. like i'm not like giving it my own name they no. use the yeah, I remember, you, I remember you telling me i remember you telling me that actually i have a i have a question for you guys so so um say i go through the process and like i get on the list it would be really convenient <coughs> um to have like my twin brother on deck for adrian if like he needs a liver down the road too but my question is is am i like is my anatomy because you guys are so fucking tall like is my anatomy harder to fit into your body or is like your liver just generally the same size anyway as some like i would like, say it's probably generally the same size yeah same as hers yeah. though right like, and, and talk about adaptive man like the liver yeah. i know adrian touched on it but like not only does it is it regenerative but you know they're they're such an amazing organ like i they taste know, great it's the ditto yeah, it's it the ditto of organs if you're thinking of pokemon right? yeah, yeah right. Hey, you know what's really funny i asked my doctor i was like hey after this is all done because i'm fairly far into the transplant process like you know i'm i'm probably hopefully in the next 12 months gonna have a living donor and that's neither here nor there but i just wanted to find out i was like what and afterwards i imagine you guys you know, you test the liver, you take it to a lab and cut it up and do whatever you need to do. I don't, I don't care what you do with it, but can, 
can I see it? Can I yeah. have, like, is there yeah. a way for me to take a look at this fucking thing? Can you eat it? Oh my can God. you eat it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to eat it, yeah. like, you know, for the life force. I think you no, can. Uh, you, you, you might be able well, to. Yeah, depending on where you are, you might be able to. There was that guy who well, ate his foot. If you foot. pay somebody enough, I'm sure you can eat it. Oh, there, was, there, was a guy, there was a guy who, who had his foot amputated. And, uh, that was in the States, and, in California. And him and his pals all sat around and they, they had a... Consensually. They were like, we're going to eat it. They made tacos. They made like I thought it was fucked up to eat human. Interesting, but human it's liver not illegal. Human liver is probably better than human foot. Probably uh, has I mean, to there's be. Way yeah. more, there's probably way more. But I mean, like ser- like cirrhosis liver, <laughs> you know, Ooh, like yeah. I don't know. Mm. all that bile buildup. No, well, no, gamey. more like uh, the scar tissue buildup, mm. right? Yeah, it's gonna be a really, really tough chewy. liver. Yeah, and if you eat it, it'll give your new good liver that oh, thing again. Yeah, you don't want <laughs> yeah. I I I probably talked about this on the podcast before, but I met a girl when I was in Hawaii. Who she had really severe uh, liver cancer, and she had this she had this tumor on her liver that they said was the size of a basketball, and so they went in Jesus. and they took out uh, the maximum amount of liver that they could take out, which I think was like what seventy five percent. That'd be yeah. I, th- I think it's up to seventy five percent. They took that off, and you know this this the mass was just like attached to all. Did of she this. look pregnant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had oh this crazy God. distended belly, and she's this little petite woman, mm. right? Very very small. Um, she asked the doctors to see it. And so when they took this big fucking basketball out of her belly, uh, one of the nurses held it in her hands. And I would say in between her hands was enough space for probably a third hand. That's how far apart her hands were. And she was holding the entirety of this piece of liver with this massive, massive tumor on it. And the doctors took a photo on her phone and then when she came to, they were like, oh, yeah, here's your phone. We took a photo of it for Holy you. And, uh, and I was like, while she was telling me this, we were all having dinner. And I was like you just looking vom- at her you phone. And I was like, do you, do you have the photo? <laughs> and she's like, I it. do. Oh, and she man. whipped it out. And it was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. It was That's so wild. wild. Yeah, you should have taken wild. a photo of the photo. Um, I could probably find her and get her to send me the picture. Guys, is it uh, Adrian and Devin? Like, is it is it weird or uh, yeah? Is is it weird to like almost? Do you feel any um, kind of need to like advocate for yourself to like find a, a living donor? Like, is it weird? Do you, do you ask people like? Is yeah, how do you yeah. how do you go about that? Well, Devin, well, Devin, Devin's the one that's advocating right now. Right. I yeah. luckily, I mean, I haven't, I haven't directly started doing any campaigning or anything. There's lots of different ways that they, you know, that they recommend starting. Mm. Instagram uh, stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sick, like, uh, sick boy podcast. But kind of though, right? Because yeah, it, yeah. it is, it is, it is weird to. I mean, imagine. I just imagine being in the hospital, like having the conversation with a doctor, and them saying, like, "Hey, look, like you can't have a living donor. Like, there's, you know." people have to go through this process to see if they're a viable candidate and like, you know, yeah. Cause you put, you put on a list otherwise. Right. So Devin, right. you're on the list, but they kind of give yeah. you the option that says, or you can find somebody that wants to volunteer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah so I mean, it starts I, I, here, I, dude. Yeah. But you know, yeah, I, I definitely, um, I think I've had a pretty, like pretty difficult time adjusting my mental you know capacity to to understand what that is yeah like the idea the idea of having somebody give you um 
another shot, you know, have, having somebody step out of themselves and be selfless enough to say, you know what, this is, this is something I want to do. This is something that I want to see happen for you. And I, you know, I have a hard time accepting a cup of coffee. You know, I, I, you know, I've had a hard time my entire life kind of even asking for help when I need it. It's, uh, it's, it's not a stubbornness. It's just, you know, I'm pretty self-motivated and I, I'd like to try and resolve things myself as much as I can. But for the first time in my life, I, I'm in a position where I require, you know, I necessitate the the help of other people to try and survive. I wonder and how that, I wonder how that will go on to like shift you like like after oh, the fact. You know what I mean? Like how that yeah, will yeah. have an effect on your your overall outlook on you know whether it is accepting praise or or you know accepting offerings or um, just the way you kind of like see the world and see others and 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 go about your life. I really, I haven't experienced anything quite as humbling as the last nine or 10 months, just going through the process of meeting all of the specialists and healthcare representatives who are trying to, you know, trying to fight for my, you know, my, my next step, my yeah. next, you know, next process for this. And then also just seeing how many friends and family just want want to help so badly and and maybe they can't and then the donor process is so anonymous that i'll never know like if if people kind of forward the the link on because it's all done online through uh, the universal health network and it, it's 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 a process of an application first and foremost and then if you meet the requirements or the criteria then they'll bring you in and start uh start doing more um more specific testing. So CT scans, pulmonary tests, making sure that you don't have any issues that would uh, predicate not getting, you know, not getting the transfer. So there's, there's a lot of things that have to go absolutely correct for the, for the lineup for a transplant to even begin to have a conversation of working. Right. Well, fuck guys, this is uh this is one of those things where I, I, you know, you guys are obviously in the thick of this and, uh, and there's obviously much more, you know, territory to be, to be explored in this for, for the two of you. Um, I would love it if we could like keep, keep tabs on this, you know, like get an update on what, on what things look like in the future when, it when things start to shift and when things start to change. Oh, and, dude, one hundred percent. And that'd be yeah, that'd be great. Hey, l- it's been been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, well, De- Devin, how do like it? For for example, someone is out there right now listening, who is like, after hearing this, just feels compelled to to look into like how to donate, uh, be, to how to be a living donor. Like, is there is there a resource or a place that people can go for that sort of thing? Are you familiar with? Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. There's a um, there's a link I'm actually just going to share with you guys, and it's uh, it's called the Living Donor Program. Again, this is based in Ontario, but I have to imagine that it's got some further reaching um, yeah. application as well. So it doesn't matter kind of where you are in Canada. Um, and I, I have to say this too: like I, we've always been donors, like my entire life. I kind of. I guess like that was part of our, our upbringing. Like my grandmother, my mother, they always kind of wanted us to 
check that little box off when you were at the DMV or, or just making sure that we understood that body was, you know, your body is kind of here while you're here and afterwards it's not, you know, it's, it's, it should be used for other things. Yeah. Right. Fix, it's just like you your, know, it's your vessel while you're here. Mm-hmm. And when you're yeah. not, then Done. learn from if it. it can help other people, then well, we have yeah. an opt, we have an opt out program now, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's Nova Scotia. In Nova Scotia. First, uh, Rocking it. first province. Yeah. yeah. And what, it's, so that's, that's part of the, part of the issue and part of the, like the process that I hope to, to try and work on ex- shedding some light on whatever way I can is that, the living donor program only exists because there aren't enough donors. There aren't enough people mm. who understand how important it is and how big of a difference it can make. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm right on the, the thinnest edge of this, uh, emotionally, but yeah, it means, it means a whole lot that anybody would be interested in even finding out more about it. So if, if you are, you know, the link is in the yeah, description. The, the, yeah. We'll the put, li- we'll put the link in the description, but if, for anyone just listening right now, it's www.uhn.ca slash transplant slash living underscore donor underscore program. But, uh, check out yeah. the, check out the, the link in our, our episode description. If you're, if you're into it. And the last thing I was going to say is, is, is interesting because Brian and I had this point in that we talked about, uh, you know, the, as a twin, I think you share uh, a totally different side towards that connecting with this emotion, hmm. uh, I, feeling the way I do now, uh, which is fairly healthy. I've had a hard, long road to get to where I'm at. Uh, and I feel like, you know, I wish I was the person that could help my brother. You know what I mean? I wish I was right. that guy because yeah. there wouldn't be a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, which like if you weren't twins, maybe you could. No, if he... If he didn't, if have I the didn't same have thing, a disease, they have the same I disease. Would be as a twin, as a twin, no, you'd be perfect. No, but I mean, yeah. I mean, they probably both have it because they're twins. No, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's, that's not how twins usually work, though. Like you don't usually have the same. Um, no, there's no, there's no correlation in that regard. Really, that's weird. Yeah. I always oh, thought you guys it, had like. Well, didn't didn't you guys did you guys watch that movie about the uh, three? Com- complete strangers or three perfect strangers parent, or whatever parent trap it was uh no. it was about the it was about the three twins that the, the the triplets that were separated at birth and then they all came to find each other when they were adults sweet life of zach and cody uh totally spoiler alert on that by the way but it's this fucking crazy documentary but when they all came to to yeah, meet I've each heard other of it. I've not seen it, uh, it, they find out that they have the same Oh. likes and the same dislikes and the same three identical strangers or something like that yeah it's so, called yeah three identical strangers documentary, I believe is the, documentary it, yeah right? oh I've seen is that on Netflix or something like that? it's, it's dude, on Craig I, I remember Dennis picked me up from uh, the airport um, once when I was coming home from Dubai and, and uh, we were wearing the same thing that's wild see <laughs> but see that at, proves at same, it right there at the same time though there's no correlation between anatomically of what like any illness that uh, unless unless it's hereditary if it's a hereditary in this regard it's just a genetic predisposition yeah and it could be hereditary because my mom was adopted and we don't know what her side of the family is my mom's adopted too whoa what the fuck guys you guys you guys twins yeah (laughs) I had no idea wow two parallel lives yeah but yeah I guess as one of the parting notes it's for me I Maybe I've, our moms are sisters. Of, yeah, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> no, you guys are too tall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. Well, my mom's not that tall either, though. That's why. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, <clears throat> that part of me has always, you know, hoped that Devin could get where I'm at now. 
Uh, not that I'm going to be where I'm going to be forever. You know, mm-hmm. I know, unfortunately, that my road leads to where he's at. Right. Uh, but the, you know, you can't help focusing on the fact that you've got up the other half of you suffering. You know, somebody like Devin, who's just been trying everything he could, like I was. Like, I tried everything I could. And my, my road led me to, oh, I get some more, really, I get relief. I get comfort. His hard work hasn't paid off. Uh, and so the hard work that needs to happen now is the campaigning, uh, because the transplant is the cure. It's the solution. It's the it's the mm-hmm. it's the point at which he gets to move on with the rest of his life, which is going to be a long one. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, so for me, it's like I, I have to be unashamedly uh, petitioning anybody to go out there uh, and say, you know, please sign up. Please become uh, an advocate to people about mm-hmm. living donors, about becoming the option for a living donor because uh, it's, you're not just helping us. You could be helping someone you don't even know. Dude, yeah. I'll, I'll check that link out. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, boys, I want to say thanks for, for popping in the studio, no, for popping guys, on the you. phone. Uh, this is this is really cool. It's cool yeah. to reunite you guys after eight years of never speaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, lots, pat, uh, let's pat ourselves on the back. For doing that. lots of good work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and thank you all so much for for tuning in out there. Um, again, you know this this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, the listener. And uh, we we thank you so much. And if you if you really like what we're up to and you want to help us, there's a number of ways you can do that. Yeah, you can go to Apple Podcast and smash the subscribe smash button. Smash it. Hit a leave a rating and a five star review. One hundred percent five stars. One hundred percent. Only five stars only. Yep. And uh, tell five people about the podcast this week and see what they say. Yeah, that's a good kind of pay it forward thing. And if you want to just take that support and just take one little step further, you could go to patreon.com slash sickboy and help us out there. And to your wallet. To your wallet. Just open it up. Open it up. Put uh, put put like a like it's like a blank check on your Patreon account. Mm. Um, we just decide how much you donate every month, and it's a really great kind of uh, program that we have. Remember that movie, the kid that gets the blank check? It's called Blank Check, I think. It's I a, think it is it's too. A really good movie. Fucking sick movie. I, I wonder like if it holds up. Probably anyway, patreon.com slash sickboy dash blank dash check <laughs> uh, but uh, honestly uh, Patreon's sweet um, and thank you so much to Donovan the Meerkat CPAP Morgan for the amazing sound design and for making Brian sound like he's been in a car this whole time <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks Donovan for making me, sound, making me sound like uh, I'm on a roller coaster right now at a killer amusement park uh, sweet an, an old wooden rickety one. Ooh, oh my god sand dude spit. dude one of the carts is going off the track. Oh, no. That oh, was, my God. Are those people screaming? Don't joke about that. I watched your hands inside the car. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a video today. Actually, this is horrible. I watched a video today about a water slide that went wrong. It was They were going for the world's largest water slide, uh, and, and someone got decapitated on it. No. Yeah. That's worst case. Yeah, it was worst case scenario. That's and I was just at a water case. park a couple weeks ago, and... I would not like to be decapitated. No. Um, last thing too is uh, uh, what's that? Uh, what's that link again? Let's throw it back to that uh, link one more time. www.uhn.ca/transplant/living/donor/program. And anybody who's made it this far into the credits that actually heard that link and doesn't sign up for it, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> fuck you. Whoa, whoa, wow. whoa, yeah. Whoa. Oh but also, yeah, yeah, fuck you, though. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that energy, Taylor. I feel that energy. <laughs> that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. I'm, I'm Adrian. Devin. Oh, wow. <laughs> Perfect. Are you? Twins. It's like yes. you guys are twins or something. Oh, that was so uh, cute. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Sick Boy. Yeah.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.